Daniel chapter 7, start with verse 1, and then we're going to jump down to verse 9 through verse 14. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Starting with verse 1. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum of the matter. Verse 9. I beheld until the throne was cast down, and the ancients of days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. His throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels as burning fire. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, Thousands, thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set, and the books were open. I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the beasts were slain, and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season in time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of the heavens and came to the ancients of days, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion and glory and kingdoms that all people, nations, and language should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, for his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Amen. And I would like to minister to you from this thought today. The end. The end. Father, we praise you. God, we thank you again this morning, O Lord. I thank you for your kindness and your word, God, and your presence that we feel in this place. Sweet Holy Spirit, sweet Heavenly Dove, stay with us. Give us understanding. Give us your wisdom. Give us your knowledge and give us your understanding. And we will give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. The end. The end. They say that all good things must come. To an end. You can sit and watch the best movie that you've ever watched, but it's going to come to an end. You can sit and read the best book that you have ever read, but it's going to come to an end. You can have the best job, you can have the best career, but someday it's going to come to an end. 
It's going to be like the old cartoon Porky Pig when it all was in and he was sliding. That's all, folks. You remember Porky Pig used to do that? (laughs) From the creation of the world on each and every day at the end of each and every day, what God made, he said that it was good. On the sixth day, when he made man, he said it was very good, but then God says it would all have an end. Solomon, I believe, in relation to all this good things, comes uh, up with the, the answer, and he says, To everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, or time to cast away stones and times to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rent and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time of love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. In other words, all good things must come to an end. Daniel said in the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and a vision. I I like this part. On his head and upon his bed. (laughs) He must have been sleeping pretty good. He had a dream upon his head, upon his bed. Amen. You know, the Bible says in the book of Acts, in the last day, said, God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Amen. And what he is saying, Daniel said, what I saw, it really troubled me. And Daniel says, and I wanted to know what it all meant. And he says, and I beheld until the thrones were cast down and the ancient of days did sit whose garment was white as snow and there his hair of his head was like pure wood and his throne was like the fiery flames and the wheels of a burning fire. He says the ancients of days. Uh, in other words, when Almighty God sit, uh, Daniel seemed and is writing here uh, to get a vision uh, of what is going to happen in the end times. It's, as God is letting Daniel peek into the system, per se, or letting Daniel see into the longitude or the longitude of what's going to transpire in the end times. And Daniel says, what I saw, it kind of troubled me. And so he wanted to know, and as you're reading, Daniel, he's questioning the angels of what he's kind of seeing. It's kind of like John's epistle uh, in the book of Revelation is as John is given some insight uh, at the end times and it's like God opens their visions uh, and give them just a little peek uh, of what is going to transpire and they're troubled by what they see and they want to know the answer and uh, John is even constantly called to come up higher and uh, and I'll show you what these things uh, mean uh, and so what we find here is that there's going to be an end 
sin. Uh, and, and Daniel is opening our understanding as to what the end time uh, is going to look like. Uh, and he's trying to let us know that, that the enemy of our soul is one day going to be cast uh, into the fire furnace. Uh, it's going to be all over. It's going to come to an end. Uh, and God is going to sit on his throne uh, and he's going to judge uh, all the earth. Uh, and everyone that is written uh, in the book of life will be okay. Uh, but everyone that is not written in the book of life uh, is going to be cast into the fire furnace uh, that burn it forever and ever. So John and, is trying to let us see. And Daniel is trying to let us see. And I believe God is trying to give us a wake-up call to let us know that this thing uh, is going to come to an end. Uh, and God is saying, uh, you can take your sweet little time uh, as long as you want. You can delay coming out of the world and coming into the church. Uh, or you can hasten as quickly as possible. Get in the church. Get rooted. Uh, get grounded. Get stabled. Uh, because this thing is coming to an end. Uh, you can end your depression. Uh, you can end your stress. Uh, you can end your oppression or drug addictions or alcohol or, or any affliction if you just make up your mind to end it. Think about it. Paul says, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. See, as long as God is working with me, as long as God is leading me and guiding me, I can quit doing anything I want to anytime I want to. I can bring it to an end. I can stop depression. I can stop oppression. I can stop stress. I can stack alcoholism, drug addiction, anything. I can stop. Boom. Because in Christ, I can do all things. You see, there's an end. 400 years, Israel was in captivity. But there was an end. They weren't aware of the end. But there was an end already established. See, because when God made promise to Abraham, he told them before Abraham ever had Isaac, God told him in Genesis 15, and he said in him, verse 13, Know of a surety, Abraham, that thy seed will be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve, Will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance. Uh, see, before he ever had it, uh, amen, a, a kid called Isaac, God says he's going into captivity. He's going to be in captivity for 400 years, uh, but I'm going to bring him right back uh, to this very spot, uh, amen, that I promise you that I will bring him to. See, Israel didn't know that uh, because they went into captivity. 
captivity. They're wondering why they're in captivity. They're probably thinking there is no end to this. We're going to be slaves in Egypt forever and ever and ever. But because God is faithful, because God is true, he had to bring them out exactly like he told Abraham that he would bring them out. It was an end to their time in captivity. You may be going through something in your life right now, but I've come to tell you there's an end because God has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you always to the ends of the earth. I don't know how long it's going to be that you may have to go through what you're going through, but there's an end. And you just have to learn how to stay faithful and hold to God's unchanging hand. As the songwriter says, build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. But for some reason, God had allowed Joseph to get a peek into the end time. He had allowed Joseph to see that, Joseph, you're not going to stay here forever. Your people is not going to stay here forever. I'm going to bring them out. And so what did Joseph do in Genesis 50, 24 through 26? And Joseph said to his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land unto the land which he swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and he shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him and put him in a coffin in Egypt. Notice, Joseph says, brethren, I'm going to die, but God is still coming to get you. And when he comes to get you, don't you leave my bones in Egypt. You make sure that you carry my bones out with you. Joseph realized there was going to be an end to captivity to Israel being there. And in Exodus 13, 19, the Bible says, And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had straightly sworn the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones away hence with you. He had an insight into what was going to happen because everything has an end. Rachel start to blame Jacob for her barrenness when all Jacob's other wives was having children. Rachel got upset. She started blaming Jacob. When Jacob it was her. <laughs> he was having kids everywhere. <laughs> Wasn't him. So Jacob says to her, Am I in God's stead? I'm not God. You know, there's an end. See, God has shut up our wound, the scripture says. But when the fullness of time came, Amen. God opened a womb. Isaiah would write in the fourth, the fourth chapter, single barren, thou that is not bare, 
break forth in the singing and cry aloud. Thou that didst not travail with child for more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife, saith the Lord. Enlarge the place of thy tent and let them stretch forth the curtains of thine habitation. Spare not, lengthen thy cords and strengthen thy stakes, for thou shalt break forth on the right hand and on the left, and thy seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confound, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood anymore. For thy maker is thine husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord have called thee as a woman forsaken and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth. When thou was refused, saith the Lord, for a small moment have I forsaken thee, but with great mercy will I gather thee. Notice what God says. He says, scratch your tent, build your bigger house, because you're going to have some kids. You need to realize, he says, I'm only forsaking you for a small moment, but you need to realize that great mercies will I gather thee. In other words, God says, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pull you out a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. What you're going through right now is only for a moment. As Paul says, our light afflictions are only but for a moment, but they're working in you a more and eternal and exceeding weight of glory. You just hold on. There's an end to what you're going through. And I promise you that he will make all things beautiful in his time. We just have to realize that there's an end to what we're going to go through. It might seem painful right now. It might seem hurtful right now. But hold on. God has not forgotten you. Job sat in ashes and he scrubbed himself. But one day, God showed up and brought it all to an end. And the Bible says that the things that are written was written for our learning. That we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. There's an end that is coming to what we're facing. Paul says to Timothy, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affections, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinence, fires, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minders, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away, for this sort of day, which creep into houses, and lead captive silly women laden with sin, led about with divers lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. 
proof uh, as Janus and Jambres restored Moses. So these also resist the truth. Uh, men of corrupt mind, reprobates concerning the faith, uh, but they shall proceed no further. In other words, there's going to be an end. For their folly shall be manifested unto all men, as theirs also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering my charity, my patience, my persecutions, uh, my afflictions, uh, which came unto me at Antioch and Accordium, uh, at Lestra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Paul says, I went through it, uh, but there was an end, because God delivered me, and God will deliver you. Amen, he says uh, here, but continue thou in the things which thou has learned of them, and that from a child thou has known the Holy Scripture, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead of his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, exalt with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own loss shall they heap to them teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall turn unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry, for I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day, and not only to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Now, Paul is saying, notice what's going to happen. He says, but there's an end. And because there's an end, he said, there's laid up for you a crown of righteousness, whom the righteous judge, when the ancients of days set. He's going to judge. And as a result, he says, see that no man steal that crown because there is an end that's going to come to this world. Jesus says heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. All the evil we go through, all the wrong we see being done, there is a end. Because the Lord said, the wicked shall not live out half his days. It's going to be an end. But the righteous shall be delivered. Praise God. Jesus says in John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. You believe also in me. 
in my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you going to be also. He's going to prepare a place. Amen. And he's coming back for us, our church, without spot and without blemness. As the angel stood, amen, when Jesus was taken up from them, the Bible says in Acts 1, 6, and when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father have put in his own power, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, and both Jerusalem, and all Judea, and in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he has spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received them out of their sight. And while they looked steadfast towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand you gazing into the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come and like matter, as you have seen him go up into heaven. And Jesus says, I'm going to prepare a place, and I'm coming again. This world has an end that's going to transpire. And my question to you and to myself today is, are we? Have you considered eternity lately? There's an end. <laughs> There's an end. Peter says, 1 Peter 4:17, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first began at us, what shall be the end be to them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and sinners appear? Scarcely. Barely. Not easy. Difficult to be saved. Much work. To stay on course. This is why Jude says, but you, beloved, keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for and hasting for the soon coming of the Lord. Peter goes on. But the heavens and the earth, verse 7, 2 Peter 3, 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now. By the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and prediction of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years. And a thousand years is just like one day. Oh, wow. A thousand years just like one day? Like you've been there one day? When we've been there, 10,000 years, bright shining, 
as the sun. We know less days to sing his praise than when we first begun. Every day will be just alike. And Peter goes on. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering towards us, not willing that any shall perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, uh, and the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, uh, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat, uh, and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all of these things should be dissolved, uh, what manner of persons ought you to be in all holy conversations and godliness, uh, looking for and hasten unto the coming of the day of our God, uh, where and the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of them in peace without spot and without blameless. Peter says there's going to come an end. He says God is not Lack concerning his promise. You may think, as they says, well, everything just is continuing as it was. He says, no, you need to be aware that God is long-suffering towards us. He's not willing that any shall perish, but there's going to come an end. That's what Daniel is trying to let us see. He's been opening the curtain, and Daniel has given us a peek into the end time. He said that Satan is going to be bound. He's going to be destroyed. He's going to be thrown into the fire furnace. And all those whose name is not written in the Lamb Book of Life is going right in with them. He says, once the ancients of days sit, he says, it's going to be a judgment. He said, He's going to sit and he's 
going to judge every one of us. He's going to have to stand before the judgment seat of God. And where will you stand? John, right in the book of Revelation in the 19th chapter, in the 19th verse, John says, And I saw the beasts, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophets that wrought miracles before him with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone. And the raiments was slain with the sword of his of him that sat on the, upon the horse, which sword proceeded out of his mouth, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Who is this on the horse? And he said to me, Revelation 19, 6, 9, excuse me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, for I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimonies of Jesus, worship God. For the testimonies of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat upon him is called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he does judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. And on his head was many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed, excuse me, with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth go a sharp sword, that that with it he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he thread the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. And he have on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We need to realize, amen, as Daniel saw, and now John has given us another peak, uh, that the Almighty, the ancients of days, uh, is going to sit uh, and he's going to judge. Uh, and Paul asked the question, what shall happen to them that obey not the gospel of Jesus Christ? Uh, and Paul will write to the church at Thessalonica and the first chapter in the seventh through the tenth verse. Uh, and to you who are troubled, rest with us uh, when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed with heaven. With his mighty angels and flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe because our testimony among you was 
believed in that day. All good things has got to come to an end. And John goes on in Revelation 26, Blessed and holy is he that hath part and the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out and deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. You don't have to worry about Satan. You just serve God with joy unspeakable and full of glory. He's got an end. He already knows he's got an end. He's going to be cast. So don't worry about him. Don't let him deceive you. Don't even pay attention to the fool. Amen. He's going into the pit. He's got an end. And I believe that end is coming soon because you and I have a purpose. God has gone to prepare a place for us, uh, and he will come again uh, and receive us uh, to himself. Uh, so don't give up. Uh, don't throw in the towel. Don't quit. Uh, don't turn back. Uh, what you might be going through is only for a moment. There's an end to what you're going through. Every pain has an end. Every heartache has an end. Every trial has an end. Because God says, I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. As the Psalmist says, this is my comfort and my afflictions. Thy word quickeneth me. God's word gives me too many promises to give up. It gives me too many promises to let go of the faith and the hope that I have in him. So they're giving us an insight. Daniel said it troubled me. But he says the ancient set. (laughs) He says I know. He wanted to know just like you and I. When is it going to happen God? You talk to most people, man, they want to know. When is this world going to come to an end? When is it going to be all over? When is this going to happen? You know what the angel, the angel told? The angel told Daniel. He says, shut the book, Daniel. He says, Daniel, go your way, man. He says, because it's for time. He wanted to know. God says, well, shut it up. Seal it. It's for a time. There's an end. He gave him a peek. And he's given you and I a peek. That's what God is doing. Because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus Christ. Amen. 
and letting us know what is going to transpire. Amen. And so Daniel says, amen. Seal it up. Go your way. There's an end. Question again. Where will you spend eternity? With him or with the enemy of your soul? Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15 that when it's all wind up, he says God will sit. God is going to sit on his throne. And he says everything will be just like God wants it to be. He says, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall raise incorruptible. For when this corruptible has put on incorruptible, and this mortal has put on immortality, then will be brought the past. Death is swallowed up in the victory. O death, where is your sting? O grave, where is your victory? Now the sting of death is sin. But thanks be to God who has given us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I praise you, Lord God. I thank you again this day, God, for your goodness. And I thank you for your mercy. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord. I got heaven on my mind this morning, oh, God.